Welcome to a new year, pop culture fans, and welcome to a new Quality Check podcast episode. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and thanks for joining us. Joining all of us across the internet right now is Drew Douglas. We're going to pour one out because you're losing the Regal Theater where you live. I told you, I don't even go there anymore. (sighs) I can't because I'm not in it. I don't live around there, but... I still feel it. Like it, it was like a gut punch when you told me it was closing. It was actually yeah. shocking. Uh, now, this was also shocking to those, you know, working there as well. And this is not only uh, one of three theaters in town. So we're not sure. We don't have a shortage of theaters, thank goodness. But still, though, this was my theater. This is where I went. And I, no joke, woke up on New Year's Day to that message from my girlfriend sending an image of the Facebook post and asking, are you okay? Oh. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being exaggerative. I, at first I did not get her image. Like I didn't see it at first. And so I just saw, are you okay? And so I called her and while I was on the phone with her, I go and I pulled it up and I said, I've got to go. And I hung up and I no joke sat in silence for five minutes, <laughs> probably longer, probably more like five hours, sat in silence and I almost started crying. I mean, it does suck. And what's crazy is I have the thing is you don't you have other options, but you don't have other regals near you. I have yeah. four in my my city. So if we lose the downtown one, which is the one I go to all the time, I'd be like, well, at least I have three others to choose from, you know, because we you have an AMC near you, which is just okay. You have Springfield Alamo, which is, I think, a good backup. The problem is we yeah. like Regal for a number of reasons, and one is the Regal rewards. You rack up points, mm-hmm. you get free food, you get you can buy posters, whatever you want. I I can't believe Alamo <clears throat> doesn't have that. I'm getting choked up. And and uh, that's 100% it because there have been we've talked about that to a great extent on this podcast in terms of what you get with Regal. And it's just like bar none the best rewards program, not just theater wise, but also company wise. And yeah, they're just like begging to go out of business with yeah. how well they treat everyone. And, and that's the thing too like that's part of why they're going out not only here in town but this is one of three or one of four theaters closing and it's happening at the point of this recording and it's happening tomorrow so my last movie will be megan i'm literally oh, they're go- actually I- showing a screening of that yeah that's um which is weird right i guess but it's like go out with a. it was probably already booked maybe that's the logic that's what i'm wondering because i mean they assess that or they determine that like a full week out you know or like a the week before what is it on tuesdays uh yeah on tuesdays they determine what we'll be playing that weekend and then leading up all the way up to that thursday tickets have been on sale for that for a while though so if you bought it for the weekend i wonder if they just Uh, yeah i have to give you the refund obviously but yeah man what a way to go out though yeah i well 
And I was wondering if they would end up showing a classic or doing something. I'm I'm really curious. But so, you know, this is something that, as you said, pouring one out, this is literally, uh, it's been heartbreaking. And I told my girlfriend that. I said, this is hard. I said, I'm taking this harder than if you were to break up with me. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to ask, of any of the big 2023 movies coming out, Ooh. what would you have wanted the last movie to be at Regal? Like, it's going to end, but you can choose what it is, and it's going to be one of the big 2023 releases. This might sound stupid, but I think it's because I think it's a closing of the entire era and chapter. Indiana Jones and the Dial yep. of Destiny. I got it right, baby. Woo! It's mainly because it's just like I said, the closing of that, but... Uh, man, seeing indie, I and I feel like that movie I'm gonna watch multiple times, and I just um, I hope so. I hope that movie doesn't suck ass. Oh, I know. I'm I'm the I'm closer actually we get... getting more nervous as we <laughs> inch closer because <laughs> yeah. there's always some stupid rumor. There's always James Mangold debunking it, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, why? Are you? It feels like you're doing damage control. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, why are you responding to this? You know, the the sad thing is, too, I got this email about two hours ago, and it's from Regal, and it said, an important announcement. The theater nearest you is closing. Unfortunately, there are no other Regal locations in the vicinity. Please know if you are a unlimited subscriber, your plan will automatically be terminated. If oh. you have questions, yeah. If you have questions regarding your subscription plan, you can reach out to us here and they provide a link. Very, very, like, to the point. Yeah, that's sad. Now, you sent this to me like a week ago. They've launched this thing this year where it's like if you see 10 movies or something in 2023, 20, you get like 1,000 points. Yeah. Or it's actually like in, to get to the top tier, you have to see like, what was it? It's like some obscene amount of movie, which is like hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, I feel like it was like two fifty or something. Asinine. Yeah, it was. It was something one illogical, and then for the amount that if you actually did that, it was not worth the points <laughs> you get and the rewards. It's like two small sodas and two small popcorns, and then like fifty six thousand points. But I think just having my Regal Pass, I'm just going to buy a ticket every day, yeah. which is probably what they're banking on. I pay the forty cent fee or whatever it is. And uh, just try to rack up as many points. The weird thing is, though, I don't, I hate buying tickets to things I don't see because I see it in my, you know, yeah. the things I've, the movies I've watched. And I don't like having things in there that I didn't actually see. It's like a weird neuroses. Yeah. And it's funny because I've done that. I'm like, wait, I watched this piece of crap. And then I'm like, oh, no, I didn't. Because um, there were a few that I ended up doing that with. And um, one unfortunate one that I did end up watching was your or the mean one, the Grinch. I, I should have just say like, completely skipped that. Gotten the ticket, but skipped it. So I'm glad you saw. Again, it. I'm glad someone did. <laughs> the best, the worst thing too is you lived right across from this theater. Oh man, you. I mean, you can't have a better location. Yeah, I, and that was another reason why it was my go-to and. There were times, and that's what made it so easy. That's why I also saw as many movies during like the pandemic era. And I was text. There were a lot of times I'd text you. I'm like, yeah, I'm in the theater alone. And and I mean, that's obviously not a good sign. But the other thing is like, had I not been there, some of those show times, I wouldn't have lucked out like that. Like, you're not gonna drive across town and then 
you know, luck out like that. You know, there, for example, there would be certain weird show times. I'm like, you know what? Actually, I can make it. I'll just do it because I'm right here. And that was part of the, I mean, just the amazingness of it. But you, you and your wife, uh, Lexi, you were talking about uh, how amazing that would be to live across from a theater too. I mean, I like living in the neighborhood, but yeah, <laughs> yes, the, if I had one down the street, I'd be there multiple times a week. I don't know why I wasn't, and I will say when I lived where you live, I'm, I always get scared to mention it. I don't know why. Cause I feel like people know where we live. When I lived in Springfield, Alamo was my go-to place. Yeah. When I came here, they didn't have an Alamo. So I switched to Regal cause that's where uh, Regal's based in Knoxville. So they're all over. And I've like fallen in love with it and can't imagine going anywhere else. I don't know what you're going to do, man. I can't. The logical, you know, the logical thought is you go to Alamo because it is the nicer of the two. Yeah. But why they haven't done some reward system, I that's like beyond me. Well, it's funny because I got an email from them saying, you wanted us to improve our program and we listened. I'm like, nope, nope, you really haven't. I yeah. mean, it's not I mean, at that least great. they have the, the, the Alamo Pass. Sure. But you brought this up too to me earlier. It's one movie a day. So you're mm-hmm. driving, let's say, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to the movie. You can only see one a day. Uh, maybe you drive the extra 10 minutes to AMC and you can crank out. I don't. I assume... AMC is multiple a day. Pretty yeah, sure I think, it is. I think so. And their their limit is it's three a week. Oh, that and I th- sucks too, though. And See, this at is least Regal, man. They just like they didn't care if they made money. They just wanted to make us happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what I love about them. That's why. Uh, and I know for pretty much the last, I seriously feel like I have been a, a politician's like PR crisis manager the last few days because my girlfriend she keeps asking she's like why just don't like what what do you love so much about and so it's me like going on the defense of like this is why regal is like such a great theater chain and maybe that's also part of why they're going bankrupt but at the same time like you said it's all about making us happy and like they've i feel like they've done a ton to end up making sure you got you know, a discount of popcorn or, hey, here's a free ticket or whatever it is. I, I've been stashing points away where I haven't bought a ticket for my wife in like three movies outside of Avatar, which was obviously IMAX 3D. So it was just like you paid out the butt for it. But <laughs> um, yeah, they just like they don't care if they make money. And I I can't help but admire that. And then I do like our theaters. They're nice. The people are always really cool. I haven't really had any major issues. Uh, so that sucks. I don't envy you. Yeah, I'm going to be a sad man tomorrow after, once it's done. Now, here's the interesting thing. Apparently, they've got, they're like cleaning it out and clearing it out. And they've got like a week to do that. And I'm just, I'm hopeful. I'm, I actually really want to call corporate uh, for Regal and, and just say, take one of your theaters somewhere else in the state and close that (laughs) and keep Springfield open. Can you close this one in North Kansas City? Now, my last movie there was Tenet. Obviously middle, uh, that was early in the pandemic. Very strange time. 
and not a lot of people there opening night. It was a Thursday night. Remember, there was like maybe six people in the theater with us. So I'll always have that memory of pandemic final movie, Regal, Tenet. Man, that's that's wild. That was a final movie that you saw there. Yeah. So it seems so long ago. That's and obviously, um, whenever you moved, that's been. Have you been to any other theater since moving? No. Like any other theater chain? I we like we have an AMC, but I don't even know where it's at. It's just that's like just, Regal City here. Yeah, and that's that's another reason where hearing you talk about Knoxville, I, I just. I love that idea, that fact. I I honestly would that make you would that in like pique your interest at moving here? Yes. Would that help? Yeah. And I know that sounds so stupid, but it's true. It's I don't it, it sounds stupid in some way. Actually it doesn't to me. But when we when we decided where we were gonna move, uh <laughs> I weirdly was looking up like what are theaters <laughs> Like, how close is the... Because I was all in on Alamo. I was like, how close is the nearest Alamo? And it's like in Alabama or something. It's funny that you say that, too, because there's a, a college friend and listener of the show, and he texted me after finding that out, and he was like, all right, you're going to have to move. What city you're moving to? <laughs> yeah, the world... The good thing is there's so many great cities with uh, Regals. You just have to pray they don't shut oh, down, too. Oh, jeez. I know at this rate, it's basically Russian roulette because we've got, and and that was the thing, once this announcement happened, I thought it was all local, like it was based here because of business, but this is just one of, like I said, three or four other regals that are closing. And this is what the second wave, the first wave already happened. So this is a smaller second wave. And I'm there's a part of me where I hope that Regal comes back. They bounce back from this bankruptcy, but it's ha- it happens soon and quick, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think your only hope is that someone good buys the location. How how amazing, because, you know, well, Werenberg was bought out by, like, Marcus or something like that from the north. There's a northern theater chain. What if Marcus moved? And they might. They could move in. But if it was like, what was the old Werenberg? Because the reason why I say that is there's a Werenberg Theater in town here. Went out. And then that building was bought by Alamo Draft House. And now if Marcus, which is a chain that bought Werenberg, came into this spot, that would be quite the dial of destiny. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I don't know the finances, but... I find it hard to believe that that one was worthy of closing. You know, like the the location is pretty yeah, prime. And, that, and I've thought a lot about that too over the last few days. And for me, I, I feel like if you were to close another, like for example, Joplin. Joplin's a, a prime. I feel like you could close that one before Springfield because... Or Rolla. There's one in Rolla as well. And I know some viewers who aren't from there are like, what well, what the heck are you talking about? Rolla's like a college town, and Joplin's smaller, a smaller town or city than Springfield. I feel like, oh, well, you'd close it in a smaller t- community. That would only make more sense, right? Um, but then again, maybe they're looking at the whole vicinity, but, you know, like per capita. Well, I wish you luck. I know it's been hard. I'm glad it's not me. Um, but if you want to move to Knoxville, we have plenty of locations. 
I mean, at this rate, I should just free him work for Regal. <laughs> we should just like start a campaign. It's like save, save downtown Regal. What what is that one even called? Uh, Hollywood theaters. It's uh, still. Or, is it still Hollywood? Yeah. Well, no, it's college. College station. Oh, college Let me pull station. it up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Regal College Station. Hashtag yep. save college station. We'll try to get them to do whatever it takes. And we'll, you know, just keep sending them old episodes where we just talk about Regal nonstop. Uh, and that's honestly my goal. I I thought about doing something where it's like the fans saving shows. Oh, yeah. And I just like bombard Regal nonstop. So let's do that. You know, let's do that, listeners. How fans used to send like TV companies or whatever stations um, things related to the show. Like Roswell, they sent in hot sauce, like Tabasco sauce to be like, save mm-hmm. Roswell. What would we do to save Regal, this Regal? I mean, I feel like, would it be popcorn? But then again, that's not like specific. Yeah, I think it's got to be something specific to this college station. Um, Man, that's a good question. I feel, it, unless there was something that was like, um, a not apparel, but something from the college, because apparently a lot of those who work there are college students who I assume live downtown or pretty close to downtown. So it could be something downtown oriented. Maybe it's like the buttons, like they're, because they redid the flag here. Maybe we send in like buttons or something like that. And they open these crates. Related to the city almost. Yeah. Because it's going to be going to like corporate. So it's got to be like, what's going on in Springfield? What do we do to piss off all these people? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's dedicate this episode of January Pop Culture Pickums to College Station, the Regal in Springfield, Missouri, which is on its last breath at this very moment. Literally one, one day left to go there and enjoy a show. In your case, Megan. Megan. Which is a heck of a way to end it. It's maybe not top tier, but it is a heck of a way to go out. <laughs> I have thought about rewatching Avatar there and the high frame rate, 3D high frame rate. But I'm like, eh, got to see a new movie though. Yeah, I would have a hard time doubling down on that. Plus, you need to go to IMAX if you're going to do that. Yeah. So you've only seen uh, Avatar that one time? Yeah. So the movie's making a killing. I loved when yeah. it came out that first weekend, and there was so many stupid things on the internet about how it was basically a bomb because <laughs> it didn't live up to whatever these idiots thought it would. And it just continues to make $20 million a day, setting records that have never been set. And the movie is literally almost three and a half hours long. James Cameron, <laughs> huge gamble. Killed it, right? Mm-hmm. Bow down before James. This movie's making a boatload. I think at this point, you know, you read different articles and it's like, it's got to hit $2 billion. That's what Jimmy C says. I think Deadline or Variety is like, it's got to hit $1.4 billion to break even. It's past that point. So I'm, I'm happy that it's doing well. And... Um, that's my avatar tangent. I've still thought uh-huh. about I thought about that movie quite a few times since seeing it. And one yeah. of these um I was thinking, you know, 
to some of these movies in 2022, and I don't have a list right now, but I was going to ask you at some point, maybe on a different episode, it's like, how much have you thought about blah, blah, blah? And it's like most of those movies, I literally didn't think about an hour after I saw it, but like, I've still thought about Avatar quite a bit. Man, that's a great question because I've, I've thought uh, it's the same for me. I've thought a ton, a ton about this movie and more, more than that. I've thought about how much I want to return to certain scenes. I will say it's rare for me to have felt that way about anything this past year. Yeah. This 2022, I think when we did, I'm sure we did like a, an outlook on the big movies coming out and our excitement and, and we really, at least I believe, that 2022 is going to be amazing. Yeah. And it really sucked. I mean, most of those big movies were awful. I said it after we saw Maverick. Like, nothing is going to top this movie. Nothing really came close. Yeah. And that was freaking May. They peaked so hard. Those movies were garbage. <laughs> the bulk of those movies were freaking garbage. Yeah. It's it's sad. It's sad because there's a lot of potential, I feel, from a lot of these movies. Yes. 2023 is stacked. Um, and we'll obviously talk about those down the line. But I hope 2023 is a lot better than last year because we had stinker after stinker. Do you want... So today we're going to do January pop culture pickums. I struggled so hard with this. This is maybe the worst slate of entertainment for a month that we've ever had doing this <laughs> podcast yeah i i will say that it was tough at first and then i started coming up with a lot of random things like oh this oh i forgot about this so i'm really curious mine there's i'm not gonna say is an uh is a known like it, it i feel like you're like all right that's a guarantee but there are two that made my list that I think are, are surprises, but I'm curious like if it will pique your interest at all. The cat's meowing. Can you hear the cat? Oh, we've yeah. Cat. We got a cat cameo. Ooh. She insists on being in here when I do this. I have to close the door because <laughs> we have a dog running around wild <laughs> and my wife is watching trash TV. Uh, so I don't want that bleeding through. <laughs> and then she just sits in here, stares at me and meows. Uh, it just means that we are getting it's it's the quality check mascot that's showing up. So I will say my number three all and by the way, there is a theme, a through line that connects all of these um, picks of mine. Uh, I'm going to guess that it's they're all trash. Oh, I don't know. I'm getting I'm actually pumped. there's two of my three I think are legit contenders for like this is going to be a lot of fun. I had to stretch on the third one. I, I will say my top, I'm wondering, it's like I'm really looking forward to it, and we'll get to that. But, um, yeah, so, uh, and all of these I'm actually really looking forward to. But my number three is an Apple TV Plus series coming out from Bill Lawrence and Jason Siegel starring and his first, and I should say not his first, his second TV, technically TV, well, loosely TV, uh, show with Harrison Ford, and that's Shrinking. Have, have you've heard about this? Yeah, I get that when I go swim in the ocean. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a different thing. Uh, yeah, I have seen a promo for this. Uh, I'm not a huge Jason Siegel fan. Oh. I like Bill Lawrence, and then obviously Harrison Ford is great. But uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. 
here's a plot to it. A grieving therapist starts to tell his clients exactly what he thinks. Ignoring his training and ethics, he finds himself making huge changes to people's lives, including his own. Now, this is a very, and I don't, there's something about this idea of therapist or, um, you know, the, that type of story that always intrigues me. And one that I think is very underrated, and it is on Apple TV again, and it's The Shrink Next Door with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. Did you ever see that? I watched the first episode, and I didn't go back to it. So you didn't like... It didn't grab me. I'm not uh, saying I wouldn't finish it, but actually, I might have done two episodes of that. And that's only... this. It was a miniseries, eight episodes total, and that... Um, man, it's, it's, I, I really liked it. I don't know a lot of people that watched it, though. That's sad. Um and I feel like that's kind of a hidden gem, but Apple TV Plus, once again, coming out with Shrinking. And this is, um, uh, we've got Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, um, and uh, I feel like I'm forgetting there's another big actor actress that's going to be in it. But yeah, Bill Lawrence, uh, once again, returning to Apple TV Plus since he is also the creator of uh, Tad Lasso. So I'm curious to see what will come of this. I'm... Um, since we've only received like a teaser, I don't know if it's supposed to be like serious, if it's a dark comedy. That's a thing that could throw me for a loop. Um, and that's I'm sure it's I've, funny. I hope so. Um, that, that's what Lawrence does. God, he's great. Love that guy. Yeah, that's my number three. So, did you ever watch Scrubs? I'm sure I've asked you that before. No, and that I was actually that was going to be one of my pandemic shows, and instead that like. My girlfriend and I did community, and right after community, we were going to start Scrubs. And I don't know what happened, but we we did not do Scrubs, and I regret doing that. I need to or do not doing it. I, I've been wanting to do a rewatch of that. That is one of my all-time favorite comedies, and I would love. Uh, and I, they've talked about it before is doing some sort of revival. I think that would be a huge hit. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't. But do it for like Apple or Hulu or so. I mean, Bill Lawrence has a good relationship with Apple, so mm-hmm. um, that might be a good spot if they somehow get the rights. So my number three that would be awesome. Is also a TV show. I'm heading back to Wisconsin for that '90s show, Ooh. which is a revival of that '70s show. Which obviously uh, this one takes place two decades later. Follows a new cast including the daughter of Eric and Donna from the original series as she visits her grandparents, Red and Kitty. Now, I was a huge fan of the original series. Most of the old cast is coming back in some capacity. Um, So that will be a lot of fun to see. Um, Peacock has that 70s show. I recently started rewatching it. And it's just something that once it starts, I instantly have a huge smile on my face. And it brings back so many memories of watching that. Uh, it debuted in like 99. I was in high school. We just thought that was like the funniest show. <laughs> just like them getting stoned and all the crazy stuff. So this is not, this is not like top of the top of the list of things that I'm super hyped for. I think this could be maybe mediocre to bad, depending on the new cast and if it's obviously written funny, but I think there's a lot of potential for this to have a good nostalgia feel to it, be really funny, and maybe last two or three seasons, and we'll see what Netflix decides to do. That's uh, did, would I say when it 
it, it's on Netflix. I think mm-hmm. uh, yeah. January nineteenth. I think is when it starts, and I'm I'm assuming it follows the traditional method of dumping every episode at once. Yeah, that, man, that'll be a fun that that'll be a fun show. I mean, I love Red. Red always cracked me up. I like that he called everyone a dumbass. He's doing that in the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I gotta take care of this cat. Goodness gracious. She's driving. Give me one second. All right, so my number two pick goes to an HBO series, a long-awaited series that's finally going from a video game to the well, small screen. But still, though, being adapted, uh, and it's got Pedro Pascal, and it's got also the Chernobyl writer and creator attached to this, and it's The Last of Us. Coming out on HBO on January 15th. Um, are you interested at all um, about seeing this? Maybe just a little bit. So did you ever play the video game, by the way? I have the game. I mean, is there two at this point? Two, I yes. have I have The Last of Us. And uh, I sunk quite a bit of time into it, but I never finished it. I'm bad about that on certain games. Um, I, I keep hearing that this is like an amazing... Um, this is, uh, like the ending to the video game has one of the most amazing endings to a story, almost like a perfect ending, but also it's like one of the perfect stories. I'm curious about like what causes this virus or what all happens because I'm, I don't know a lot about it. I just know that it looks really creepy and it could be, man, it it could, this, this could be awesome. Um, I'm, I'm really hyped for this, especially considering that the, flagship walking dead show has ended um i don't know like are these zombies are these like mutants or like mutated i don't know i don't i don't know what to really expect and on the last trailer that was awesome that's what sold me so um yeah this is this is going to be i feel like a fun watch i feel like it's the kind of show too that little little david zaslav's not going to be making in a year or two yeah, like honestly, I could see that. Like maybe this is a big hit and it lasts a long time, but again, that that service seems to be just like nosediving. And, and this is one of those that it's a um, an HBO show. Like this is one of those where this is coming. It's not like an HBO Max or anything like that. So that's where it makes me feel like there it could end up. Um, I don't. I I do. I agree with what you said that Zaslav's going to end up cutting the budget big time on something like this down the road or after this season. But I guess at least we can enjoy it while it lasts. I also love this setting where it looks like a lot of it may take place in the snow, and I mean that is cool. We haven't really gotten a lot of zombie movies like that or shows or like you know, twenty eight days later the the mutated virus that kind of thing. Um, so the cast and then also just like the story and, and the settings is it's what's selling me. But also knowing the fact that we've got the uh creators behind the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, that was such a that was that might be one of the best miniseries. I might go ahead and just say that's the best miniseries I've ever seen. Oh goodness. Yeah, you were obsessed with it. I have never seen it. It's, it's so so good. Um and then this is uh, that gives me a lot of hope for The Last of Us. This almost it almost made my list. I don't have a connection to the uh, 
the game like a, I know a lot of people who really love that game. But uh, I don't know. I I have a hard a lot of those time you know, a lot of it the longer a game goes on I get a little my mind wanders and I like switch to a sports game and um I don't finish. It's a bad habit. And th- this is this is a game or the franchise that I almost picked up and started um but uh, I haven't. Uh, it was going to be Uncharted in this, but uh, I mean, is this going to be one of those that it is on the success, one of the uh, few successful video game adaptations, or is this going to end up blowing our socks off? I'm hoping, and it's looking like it'll blow our socks off, so let's hope it actually does. So my number two is something we've mentioned a few times already. It's the uh, techno-horror movie Megan, which... His theater is on January 7th. And I guess this is basically, and I know we had a remake of Child's Play, but this is like a modern day Child's Play where Megan is a lifelike doll that like this row, this woman at a toy company uh, gives her niece after the little girl's parents die in a car crash is, is what I get. And then the doll becomes self-aware and goes <laughs> on a killing spree. Uh, runs through the woods and, and dances at one point, it <laughs> seems like. I won't say that this looks amazing, but it really kind of looks amazing. <laughs> like one of those, I think if you had the right crowd, this could be one of the best experiences at the movies that you'll have. Yeah, and I, that's the thing that I keep hearing more and more people that have actually seen this movie, what they're saying about it, where it's getting good buzz. It's received... um like those that have seen the early screenings of it have raved about this, saying that it's a hit for Blumhouse. And it's now don't don't look. I don't want you cheating. Forty two reviews on Rotten Tomatoes at this very second. Mm. What do you think the percentage is? Interesting. Considering what I've heard, and I don't know what the score is. I would shoot high, and I'll say it's eighty eight percent. You're close, but it's ninety eight percent. What? Ninety eight. The consensus right now, unapologetically silly and all the more entertaining for it, Megan is the rare horror comedy that delivers chuckles as effortlessly as chills. Wow. That's, um, hmm. Are you concerned about the PG-13 rating? Oh, I didn't know it was PG-13, but no, I don't think so. Yeah, they seem to, I mean, this, obviously they're not going to say it's a train wreck, um, but they were like... the PG-13 rating is like actually helps this movie out in terms of being creepy and, and stuff like that. I could see this, this could maybe do really well. I could see this being a big hit. Yeah. I, I really do think this will end up being a, a solid movie, especially, especially counter programming to avatar, but I don't know. Like it, there's a little bit of, we don't have a good horror movie or even like a comedy horror film. Uh, that's out and with James Wan's involvement as well um this this could end up being a, a a movie that has legs that ends up lasting for a while James Wan Jason Blum good combination and this is part of their new I mean this is at the beginning this was before their deal that they signed right and then um now they've got a deal together to start working um and producing more movies under the Blumhouse banner, uh, James Wan, that is. You know, thinking, looking now, 
This could actually almost be my number one. Because of, with it looking fun? Yeah, I mean, like, just, I think of the three I have, this is the one I'm maybe looking forward to the most. And I should have had this probably at number one. Hmm. There's a shot, I when I saw something recently, I, I think it was before Bones and All. So I'm, like, in the theater by myself, basically. And there's the shot of her... I, maybe you've seen it in the trailer where Megan is like in the woods and then she gets down on all fours and like starts like running and yeah. it actually creeped me the hell out. <laughs> like it actually made me like my skin crawl in a way that I haven't felt in a while. I know it, it seems kind of silly, but it, it was something about it was just like, that's not right. <laughs> so I'm going to, and when I do my third one, I'm going to retroactively put this at number one. That's I, you know, it's funny because I almost I had this movie on my list and um, then whenever I was going through and adding and and checking through things and then the big surprise, which is my number one, um, that's what bumped it and it bumped it down. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going I don't think I'm going to include Megan. Ooh, uh, just she's going to get mad yeah, and come at you. Don't make Megan mad. And also. Oh, I love also the director for Megan uh, said that they wanted to make something that was very self-aware. And he said, we wanted something in between. And I found this to be the most interesting. They wanted something in between Ex Machina, which is like this super intelligent AI, you know, and the design of it and, and all that. But also in between Child's Play, where it's not like this goofy over the top doll. It's somewhere in between. He, they wanted to create something that was in between where it's fun, but also like kind of somewhat chilling as well. The one of the reviews that you had mentioned. So this does actually bring up my hype for the movie. I was already excited for it, but this just amplifies it. So what is your your number one? You've kind of hinted right. that it it came out of left field. It did. Um. So I saw there was a trailer that went up, and I've ignored it, and I saw the title and um it's actually coming out this weekend on netflix it's a netflix series so that's the through line it's all series on different streaming platforms uh and it's by nicholas winding uh Re reffin <laughs> is that it nicholas i believe it's nicholas winding reffin okay um and it's copenhagen cowboy have you heard about this? Uh, I knew he had a show. I couldn't have told you what it was called. So, uh, and it this is why it comes out of left field because the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? It's the style, and I'm worried that this is going to become maybe like his Amazon Prime uh, miniseries that uh, that he came out with, um, Too Young to Die Old. And did you ever watch that? Uh, or I, too old to too die old young. Too old to die young. Yeah, I I watched a good chunk of it, and what's crazy is that was one of. I noticed this with. I'm gonna sidetrack here real quick, but I noticed when watching Welcome to Chippendales that every episode was fifty to, let's say forty to fifty minutes, and then the finale for some reason is like thirty. I'm like, why? Why is the finale the shortest one? And remember, with Too Old to Die Young episodes were an hour an hour and a half and then the finale was literally like 25 minutes long yeah it's like he was trolling people uh i never finished that one i found it to be kind of a chore to slog through 
And that was one of those weird shows where Refn was like, yeah, you can watch it in any order. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, no. (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) Which is hilarious because Netflix is now doing that with another show. Well, and that's exactly. And it makes me wonder like what he's got up his sleeves for this. Um, Just the style and... Mind you, as going back to whenever I first said, I saw the trailer dropped on online, ignored it. I'm like, whatever. I'm not I'm not interested. Don't know what this is about. And then I heard that he was working on a new project. I'm like, what? And then I heard the title. I'm like, okay, now I'm immediately interested. Uh, we have no Ryan Gosling. Uh, we don't have like the usual suspects that he pulls from. But, yeah, it's dropping this week in January 5th on Netflix, Copenhagen Cowboy. And it's basically a uh, an assassin, female assassin, who's getting revenge. We've seen this story a million times, but just the way that he directs and his style, his hi- hyper-violent but also stylized vision, which is like a fever dream, there's something that I can't ever, like, get enough of that. And... I find that to be so fascinating, uh, but yeah, this is, um, it's, it's originally I thought, all right, I'll put it on my list, and the more I watch, I'm like, I've just been craving like that style recently, and there's no style that will beat that style that I want the most, and uh, I just kept, like, The Last of Us, I had that at number one, bumped it down, had Megan, threw Megan in there, bumped it down, I'm like, nothing can beat this from being something, and just like, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a drug. NWR is my drug. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the one that had all the animal abuse allegations where they like, are you serious? Killed, a, killed a pig on set or for the a scene and like PETA went nuts. What? And, uh, they blew, I guess they like cut it, cut that part out of the show, but. Holy crap. I didn't even yeah. know that. So I'm glad you're interested in that filth. <laughs> Here, yeah, here I'm. I'm now putting that on the top of my list, and um, I'm finding out about all this crap <laughs> after the fact. Uh, yeah, he's he's an interesting guy. I, I Bronson, I thought. Would, now this is his first like Danish project since Pusher or whatever, is what I'm mm-hmm. reading. Uh, Bronson with Tom Hardy was okay. Uh, I never saw Valhalla Rising. Drive, I liked. I actually really it's a it's a gross little movie, but only God forgives something about yeah. that one. I and it, it a lot of it is just like Refn's style, the coloring, the way he shoots uh, that I that I just like in general, and I like that one. And then he did the Neon Demon Demon. That was his last movie, and I didn't care for that at all. Yeah, and that I can't remember much about that, but it was. Uh, that felt again very much like a slog to get through that. Um, Good looking movie, but not like everything else. I just I think I hated. Yeah, it was. I mean, fascinating, and I mean, there's definitely like it's an interesting concept, but it's honestly felt more of like it should have been. I don't know, uh, an episode to something like if you. If you were to have that a part of, uh, I feel like Ruffin will be a great anthology, like a Black Mirror, where he comes up with various stories. But you know that each episode is going to be like 10 hours long. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how long these episodes are. 
There's only, I think, six episodes, it says. So it's going to be long. So every episode is probably going to be 273 minutes. <laughs> yeah. They're all dropping at once, though, so you can just like really crank that out. So that's on Netflix. Uh, my numero one's on Netflix, too. Yeah. The new Scott Cooper thriller, The Pale Blue Eye, which stars Christian Bale, who is fantastic and apparently loves Cooper because he's been in... in this is his third movie that he's done with him, Out of the Furnace, and then, uh, what am I missing? Out of the Furnace? If, I know that most recently with his uh, Antlers, uh, which is on HBO, but not it's not with, that's not with um, Christian Bale. What's the other one with Bale? He's done another one. Oh, man. Oh, um, I'm struggling. Yeah, I don't, now I'm, now I'm blanking because... Uh, Man, not crazy heart. Um, Hostiles. You know, it's funny because when that came out, I wasn't, I really was not planning on watching it. But when you were talking about it, that actually made me go watch it. I'm like, this was a good, this was good. It was a good movie. Yeah. Weird. I'm sure I've said this before. I own that movie and have never watched it. <laughs> That's the one, <laughs> one Scotty Coop movie I haven't seen. Now, I guess Bale plays a detective who is investigating these murders at the U.S. Military Academy in 1830. Uh, it, it would, uh, this is a little bit of a cheat because it actually was in limited theatrical release last month, but it streams on Netflix January 6th. And right now there's around 90 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Reviews are fairly mixed. It's at 66% right now, but I love Bale. I dig Scotty Coop, so I'm excited to see what what they come up with. The trailer, I think, I just like Cooper's, I think he shoots a movie really well. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny that talking about the style of a director, uh, Scotty's got an interesting, like a slow burn that I really dig as well. Just like the the framing and composition but also just his the pacing to his movies. I really dig. Um, and honestly, this was a movie I didn't know a lot about until um, there's like a, I think it, it, it was in a newscast and they were talking, and I just had it on in the background and they were talking to Bale about this project and just him talking about like the time period and the setting, just him for like two minutes talking sold me and then i went and watched the trailer i'm like now i'm even more sold i never i did not watch a trailer until that moment and that's it's a it this is going to be a, a good chiller type movie i feel speaking of chillers we got the new trailer the first trailer for evil dead rise Ooh. today which looks speaking of gross and nasty this movie looks disgusting in all the right ways. What blew me away with this trailer, maybe of beyond anything, is this was originally supposed to be a direct-to-HBO Max streamer. And this movie looks in no way like it was intentionally made to be dumped on streaming. Like, it looks well-made. Looks like they're going to really bring the gore. Bruce Campbell says this is the scariest one, scariest Evil Dead movie yet. Oh, loves. Which, like, Army of Darkness isn't scary. I guess the possession angle is kind of creepy, but this looks this looks like it could be a huge 
another like last year we had a lot of great horror movies i feel like we're gonna get even yeah. more this year and this one um i was a little surprised on how good this actually yeah. looks this i i, I especially when we got the teaser to him and i'm like okay this is because when we heard that they were going to take it from streaming and then put it in theaters i thought all right they must be confident in it and then um seeing the teaser i'm like okay this i'm i'm ready and then watching the this the full trailer i ended up thinking this gives me a vibes of the remake and i think it's mainly just due to the font that's used um yeah and the modern feel too yeah yeah and man it just there's something that makes me want to return to that remake because that i feel like was so much better than it deserved to be even though it was like 95 percent a spitting image of the og movie and um it was just man this I'm, I'm so ready for it i'm pumped this gets me so amped to see this movie and i i cannot wait for a bloody good time with this family and <laughs> i now for some reason i can't my new phrase that i can't get out of my head ever since watching it is mommy's with the maggots now i can't get that out of my head is this are you more hyped for this and i know we haven't seen anything really from the next scream movie but are, are you more hyped for this or scream because they're both like let you know legacy horror franchises. oh man i'm more interested in scream just because that's like my franchise but overall yeah this is I, um, i'm i might say i'm i'm looking forward to this more than scream I know. Yeah, they I, really need to. Well, this is this is. I talked to somebody at work about this about how Scream is essentially the same movie every time. And I'm like, yeah, I, I do agree. They need to change that up a little bit. They need to find a way to refresh that. And it looks like they've done that with this mm -hmm. same concept, but let's change the location a little bit. And uh, and we'll see we'll see how that ends up. I love I love too with this family, and I need to go back and rewatch it. Um, but so this family is the mom dying and she's possessed or what happening or is she just possessed that's what happened it takes place in like a, a high-rise apartment building and i guess they find the book mm -hmm. in in the building and i'm assuming she you know obviously they read it or whatever and she becomes possessed and that's the thing too that I'm I'm a, I'm a little confused and maybe I want to be surprised and not watch it again because I know we talked about that where it does seem like it gives away probably more than it should but now after talking out loud I love the trailer but I don't know if I'm going to watch cuz I want I want there to be that surprise like okay so why is she there I I don't want everything laid out for me before going into the theater. I will say this is going to be the last trailer I watch. I just really like oh, what I've sure. seen. And anytime it's a red band trailer, they show a ton. Like, yeah. I don't want to know who's getting possessed or who's going to die. Because I won't, I won't watch another Scream thing. Now, what another... I'm sitting next to a copy of Stephen King's Salem Lot. Oh, and I man. can't help but wonder... Is that ever going to be put on the schedule? Because it was moved, moved, and then completely removed. Yeah, honestly, I, my guess is that they're they axed it, like it's done. And I think Zaslav, I feel like he's like, nope, we're not. I'm not going to do it. I refuse, and uh, it's turned into another Batgirl situation. Oh boy, I feel like you can make I a do. profit if you just 
or maybe not a profit, but it makes something if you just put it out. It can't be yeah, that effects heavy. I mean, and it's, I, I know it. Don't do me dirty. I mean, this is a huge property too. It's not like, yeah, it's not like freaking Marvel stuff, but it is Stephen King and just mm-hmm. putting that on the trailer would yeah, get man, people that's in. Just, I, I want that so bad, but I'm worried. I'm the same as you, but I think they're done. They like axed it all together. I think they're like, nope, it looks bad and we're just going to kill it outright. So, and I, I mean, that was one thing that I was so looking forward to. Did you ever see um, the Rob Lowe Salem's Lot? Never saw that one. And that was, you know, that was 2000s, right? So they have at... I want to say was, it was, yeah. I mean, that was like TV. I don't know. I, I have wanted to. It's just not streaming anywhere. I remember when it came out, and I was not looking forward to it. 2004. It came out in 2004. I was not looking forward to it. And I enjoyed it more than what I expected. But yeah, it's got um, Roblo Donald Sutherland um, in this. And it was made for TNT. Man, remember TNT? <laughs> I um, still watch TNT. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not rate. I mean, they play a lot of hockey and Christmas Story was just airing there nonstop. So we had TNT and TBS on quite a bit. So the original miniseries was 1979. Yeah, that has been a lot longer than what I realized. Um, So, 79, and then they did a sequel in 87. TNT did one in 2004. So, it's, again, you you can basically do a Salem's Lot, like a pretty straight adaptation, and you're not going to piss anyone off. Because it's it's not like we're seeing this the same thing every five years. So oh, I don't know where they've gone wrong with speaking this. Speaking of, and I'll say this as well. Um, so we talked about the Stanley Hotel and um, in the last podcast, but in terms of going there after we went, we ended up, my dad and I watched the, uh, is it sci? Was it the sci-fi miniseries, and or was it just made? Is it the made-for-TV version? Um, yeah, I think that was ABC. Okay, that was, that was when like ABC was just constantly adapt, you know, adapting St- Stephen King stuff. And I kind of miss that. I kind of miss. Oh, I do too. Yeah. And and I was talking to my dad. I'm like, I really wish they brought that back and did like a couple. And even though a lot of those were like pretty cheesy and over the top, man, there's like. What I'd give to see a freaking kingdom hospital or something like that. Yeah, they should do that stuff again. And remember when I, I watched, and it's on Hulu, a Storm of the Century, mm-hmm. which was something Stephen King wrote for ABC. It's like a three part series, but like, yeah, why don't it's like easy money? Just do stuff like that. I feel like you could do that now and have it not be super cheap. I've never yeah. seen this, the ABC, uh, the ABC one with, uh, Stephen Weber. Stephen Weber. So this was, I, I was, I was, man, I did not, exp- I did not think I would like it. And I actually, I really enjoyed it. Um, there were I mean, things. That's the one that King like loves. Yes. Well now, so here's what happened. Cause he was so irate and mad with um, uh, Stanley Kubrick's version. And I think a lot of it had to do with, and this was very interesting. We have got to see more on the tour, but the fact that King went there 
And it was so much of he kind of lived what he put in the story, and that was changed. Um, and, you know, one major thing is that he did not want Jack to be such a cold person, but that's Kubrick style. Yeah, immediately in Shining, he's, I don't know if he's cold, but he's weird. Yeah. And that was a huge complaint. And then I think King just really hated that they made Wendy, she's just like, she can't take care of herself in a lot of ways. She's just screaming her head off. I think that really pissed him off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like, that's not the character I wrote. Yeah. And that's for me what was always upsetting because I'm like, why, why is it like Wendy is like this? Because I feel like this is very unking like. Um, w- whenever I got to know more of Stephen King, but then, um, I mean, that's one aspect that the Wendy in the, the miniseries or the made-for-TV movie, rather, uh, she was much better for that. Like, the character was not just so one-dimensional in that case. Um, but rewatching The Shining, I think Shelley Duvall, she does as much as what she can with that, but she was basically driven insane by Stanley Kubrick uh, while they were shooting, and as was Jack Nicholson, Um I mean, I feel like everyone was from what it sounds like on the behind the scenes, but that is worth watching the Shining made for TV movie or miniseries. Um, and there, there is enough differences, but there's also certain King elements that I didn't realize would make it better. But part of why Jack is possessed is that the ghosts or spirits are like, oh, so you're a writer. You can get our ghost story out there to the world. You can tell our story and it can take hold of others and we can go beyond the walls of the overlook hotel. There's something that's very King like about that, that I love. I'm like, okay, I really like that. I really like this rather than, but I also enjoyed that the hotel like brings people and tracks them just to suck their souls basically. So I like, it's different enough where it's kind of like Christine, the book and the movie. I love both but for very different reasons. Now I really like the shining Stanley Kubrick version. And then I like the miniseries for very different reasons. I will say the miniseries, it's about an hour and a half each episode. There are three episodes and it's a little bit longer than it should be probably an hour longer than it should be. But I mean, that's like TV made for TV filler more or less. (laughs) It's just drawn out. I need to somehow find that. Yeah. Um, and that's luckily, um, that was, where I got it on disc, thanks to Jesse, our listener and friend. And they, oh, yeah, I was gonna say, we, we've we made it like an hour into this without mentioning her, and I know she's gonna be irate <laughs> now. So I'm glad you did that. Thank God uh, oh. we, we saved it. Um, by the way, I gotta say, because I pulled it up here, and this doesn't seem right. Do you know one of the directors of? Or writers, I should say, writers of uh, Kingdom Hospital was Lars von Trier. Oh, God. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. That's such a dummy. Blow, blows my mind, but of, uh, man, we need to get, we need to revive Kingdom Hospital. Oh, so it was based on something he did. Lars von Trier's The Kingdom. Oh. So that actually makes more sense. Okay, yeah, that does make that does make a little more sense. But 
uh, mini series. Okay. Well, nonetheless, uh, man, we need we need to get some more Stephen King. Why why is that not happening? Let's. I mean, heck, AB or um, HBO, they can end up doing that and uh, releasing that. It's got to be pretty cheap. Anyways, we've we've gone down the uh, Stephen King rabbit hole, but that's always one worth exploring. Love me some Stephen King. Now wrapping up. We don't need to keep this going, but wrapping up Stephen King's fairy tale, which is his latest book. Oh, yeah. And I told you I was maybe done with a good portion of the first half. And I'm like, this could be like top tier King for me. It's really, really kind of crashed. Oh. Uh, the, the more, the more that the main character like spent in this world this new world, which was, this, you know, this Stephen King fairy tale, it started, it's been losing me. And I'm like, I need to just like wrap this up. I just want to finish it. And that's never a good thing. Oh, that sucks. So that sucks. So is it like the midway point? When, when does it change? Oh, uh, it's hard. Yeah. It's probably about halfway, about halfway. It's, it changes settings and it's what I expected it to do. It's just, I don't like where he's taken. That it. stings. So this is not probably going to end up being, this is going to be like probably kind of low tier Stephen King for me, sadly. And there's a lot of it that I like. It's just, it's, it's, it's definitely lost me. I was hoping that you would say this is going to become like the new revival for Stephen King. Oh gosh. No, I do. I do need to read that again though. Absolute classic. Well, film fans, thanks for joining us. And as always, until next time, keep watching.